It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded
once again. In the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Robert Bryant. Pastor of the Christian Center Church in North Carolina. Jesus, no, no, no. 
sound of my voice, whether you are human, whether you are angel, whether you are demon, whether you are the devil, if you are under the sound of my voice, you have been created by the creator. Hmm? And the Bible clearly instructs us to let everything that have breath, praise you the Lord. It's, it, the Bible says it's right and fitting for the righteous to praise him. But if you have breath in your mouth, wicked, unrighteous, whatever your state may be, it's all right to praise God. It's a good thing to praise God. Praising God will lead you to some good places. It'll lead you to some good places because you're finally, well, God sees. So you've got to understand how God, how God will be seeing things. And I thank God for revelation because that's the only way we can know how God sees things. When you and I praise God, regardless of what the state we may be in, we are finally getting around to what we were created for. You and I were created to bring glory, which is, which is praise, to our creator. You did not make yourself. God said, Robert, you didn't make yourself. You know, scientists didn't cook you up in a bottle somewhere. You didn't, you didn't evolve from some primordial ooze out of, a, out of a scum from a pond. God says, I created you. And therefore, I deserve, saith the Lord, to be praised. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, It's a Big Deal to Be Saved. Now, it's a big deal. Don't let the adversary try to minimize your salvation. Don't let him try to disconnect you. Or don't let him disconnect you, because he's going to try. Disconnect you from your creator. It's a big deal to be saved. It's It's the greatest thing you have. Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you got plenty of money. I know you do. The Lord done already told me. Some of you got plenty of houses, plenty of cars, plenty of clothes. Some of you got nice, oh, money's tucked away, 401Ks, retirement, all kind of things. But I'm here. Some of you got gold. Some of y'all got diamonds tucked away people don't even know nothing about. But I'm here to let somebody to know that the greatest thing that you have, child of God, is salvation. Look at capital A. It's more precious than gold. First Peter 1 and 7, Psalms 19 and 10. Capital B, it's a birthright greater than Esau's. It's a birthright greater than Esau. Genesis 25, 32. Genesis 27, 36. Capital C, it's a great salvation. Such a great salvation. We looked at last night at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. And we're going to take a look today at... Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, I encourage you to get your notebooks, and I pray that uh, those of you that, that uh, 
uh, have been worshiping with us, you are answering and attempting to answer the questions that are posed at the end of the broadcast to help aid in memory. Because it's not how much of God's word you hear. Just like it's not how much food you eat. It's how much food your body digests. If you, you can have problems with your digestive system and eat all the food you want to and still starve to death. You still start there because once you digest the food, that's the breaking down of the food so the nutrients are sent where they're supposed to go throughout the body and they're used. So it's not how much word of God you hear, but how much of God's word are you remembering and, and putting into practice in your life. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and 12, and let's get ready for God to do something great in our midst this morning. Philippians, we said what? Chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians chapter 2. Special focus on verse 12. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your what? Salvation with fear and trembling. Capital C, we're talking about such a great salvation. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you, we exalt you, we extol you. This is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Father, we thank you today for the revelation that we didn't make ourselves, but it was you who created us. It was you who formed us and fashioned us. It was you who breathed into our mortal bodies the breath of life that we might become living souls. Thank you today, Father, for who you are, for what you do. Thank you, Father, for protecting us from dangers seen and unseen. Thank you, Father, for provisions. Thank you, Father, for sustaining us, for giving us air to breathe, for giving us water to drink, clothes to wear. You told us in your word that if we have food and clothing, we ought to be content with that. But, Father, you have done much more than just giving us food and clothing. You have blessed us in so many different dimensions and so many ways, things that we know about and things that we are oblivious to. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We shout hallelujah to you all that you have done. We give you glory, Father, today. And we trust, Father, that as we have gathered together on this Lord's Day, the first day of the week, in obedience to your spirit and obedience to your word, to study, to show ourselves approved unto you, to, to worship you in spirit and in truth, we trust, Father, that you will not disappoint us, but that you will do something special in our midst. You will say something special in our midst, that your people whose faces we never may never see in this life will be blessed, uh, edified, encouraged, and uplifted. We pray, Father, for those under the sound of my voice that don't know you in the pardon of their sins, that have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We pray, Father, that words will be spoken 
this day that will convict and convert them, bring them into the glorious family of God, that their eternal soul may not be lost. Father, do these things for us, and we'll be very careful to continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. The Philippians. Church, saints in Philippi. Paul wrote a letter to these saints, as I have to do from time to time with some of you all out there under the sound of my voice. You know who you are. To thank them for the gifts that they had sent him. Understand, Apostle Paul, Apostle Brian, much like the Apostle Brian, he depended upon the gifts that people of God were touched and unctioned by God to send to his ministry and to his work. You know, and I, and I thank God for you all out there. Because see, what that shows, those of you that, that send gifts to this ministry, that shows that you believe in this ministry. You know, the reality is you've got a whole lot of folk listening. And in most congregations, in most situations, I don't care whether it's a team, I don't care whether it's a business, I don't care whether it's a, a family. A lot of times you're going to have a small number that's doing, that's actually getting the work done, and a whole bunch of jokers just along for the ride. Even in riding in a, in a bus. You might jump on a bus, go on a bus trip. How many jokers driving? Maybe one. Everybody else along for the ride. A lot of time in ministry. You might, I don't care. You might have a mega church out there, some of you are. Some, some, some of the saints in here, we've come out of mega churches, great big old giant churches, oh, and about 30 people, that's the ones that's faithful. Faithful givers, faithful workers, and so it is with the Christian Center. I know thousands of you all out there listening, but it's a faithful few. And we thank God because that is in keeping with the word. The road to destruction is broad and wide. There's always a whole lot of jokers just out there, but the road to eternal life, or those who really, really getting this thing, it be few, you know, the road is straight and narrow, and only a few enter their ends. Paul was writing to the saints in Philippi that, that thanked them for the gift that had been sent to him. He was, had been detained in Rome, and he uses this letter to serve many, many other purposes. Many other purposes. He reported on his own circumstances. He encouraged the Philippians to stand firm in the face of persecution. See, see, if you haven't been persecuted, it's kind of difficult for you to encourage somebody that is. You know, this is part of one of the reasons why, you know, especially when I go to sub-Saharan Africa, <laughs> some taste something for those of you that have never been. Sub-Saharan Africa is, is like no place I know I have ever seen before. It's just like no place that I, I've ever seen. The first time I went, I was in, in total shock, total shock. But part of the reason why I would go and I would live right in their, in, in their little neighborhoods, eat their little foods, because if you're going to minister to a people, you need to have some experience with what they're going through, with what they're going It'll help you to sympathize and empathize with what they are going through. Jesus didn't just stay up in glorious heaven and then preach down uh, uh, sweet words to us. Mm -mm. 
He got in the likeness of simple man. He came down here, lived like we live, ate what we ate, went to the bathroom like we went to the bathroom, walked like we walked, got tired like we. He came and experienced what it was. He came and experienced being a man. Jesus was 100% God, and he was 100% man. He was all God, and he was all man. He experienced what we experience. So we can't use as an excuse. You know, sometimes I'll be like, Lord, man, lust of the flesh is strong. God be like, you know, I know what you're talking about. I'll be like, Lord, sometimes the adversary, the lust of the eye be strong. Lord be like, I know what you're talking about. We can't use as an excuse that he don't know. Well, he does. He came and lived this life and never once sinned. And that's the example the pattern that God wants you and I to follow. Jesus came and did it through and by submission to the Holy Ghost. And what, what the Lord wants us to understand is that we can too. We just need to submit. Can't blame our sins on nobody. Can't try to make no excuses on God be just sitting back. Whatever our weakness, whatever we're struggling with, and, you know, trying to, God be saying, look, just submit to the Holy Spirit now. Because you can. God says, I've empowered you. Not just for salvation, God says, I've empowered you for perfection. Mistakes are sin. Uh oh. Mistakes are sin. Oh, wanted to encourage those saints. He had been persecuted, he wanted to encourage them in the face of persecution. And to rejoice, regardless of the circumstances. He wanted to exhort them to humility and unity, condemn the Timothy and Epaphroditus to the Philippian church, and to warn the Philippians against the Judaizers or the legalists and the anti-the libertines that were among them. People felt like you just do any kind of thing in salvation. So Paul has got a number of things that he is sharing with his people, but he comes here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 on down to about 18, and he talks about us doing what God saved us to do. Just keep that in mind. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through, through 18 is an encouragement by this great apostle for us to do what God saved us to do. You say, apostle, well, what did God save us to do? Well, it reminds me of something the Lord called me way out in the woods. I don't know, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, way out in those woods to, to tell me. Cold, cold night, very, very cold. I had to go out there. The Lord said, look up. Looked up, and there was one little place in the, in the sky, in all the darkness. The whole sky was dark. And there was one little place in between the clouds where the moonlight was coming to. The Lord said, I want you to shine in darkness. And that's what Paul is encouraging the Philippians to do. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 on down to verse 18 deal with us shining as stars. Shining as stars. You, you think about a star, and this is one of the reasons why I hope you all, well, I don't want to get too deep into that, but, you know, ask yourself a question when you look at supposedly the, uh, the moon, uh, the photos of the moon that they supposedly took when they first went to the moon, supposedly. Where are all the stars in the background? Just with a star. Very few nights you're going to just look up and you're not going to see no stars. Now, if you do, you know, sometimes it's fog or it's, or it's uh, pollution or something that's, that, that's blocking it. 
But normally, when you look up in the sky, you see stars. Well, there shouldn't be any pollution on the moon. Where the stars in the background? If these really moon shots were, there should be stars when we look for some stars. Well, what is it about a star? What is it that, what is the, 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 the symbolism or what is the parable of stars? Stars are very, very far away. Make no mistake about it. Stars, it ain't like stars are right around the corner. Stars are very, very far away, and they are in a sea of blackness or darkness of space. But even in that, it don't stop they shine. You say, Apostle, what are you encouraging us to do? You might be in the worst of neighborhoods. You might be in the worst of generations of dispensations. You might be from the worst of families. But I encourage you, child of God, don't let that stop what? Your shine. Just because you are in the world, I'm hearing God speak, say you don't have to be what? Of the world. Shine as stars. Stars fight through darkness. Stars fight through distance. Stars fight through and still shine. From very far away, a star still shines. Now, you say, Apostle, what you driving at now? I pray that not, some of you all out there, I never see your face. That's all right. Not in this, in this life. Some of you, I never see your face. Some of you way on the other side of the world may never see, we may, may never see face to face. But my prayer is that the shine of the Christian center is shining brightly wherever you are. You may be thousands of miles away. My prayer that these words and what God is using us to do and the work God is doing is blessing you way, way, wherever you at, even, if we, even though we are far away. Shine as stars. Stars say, look, I'm going to start to look. Distance to earth, however many light years. How many hundreds of thousands of miles? Not gonna stop my shine. Stars say, "Look, you're gonna see me. Darkness is not gonna stop me from being me." My encouragement to you, child of God. What? Don't let what darkness stop you from being you. Don't let darkness stop you from being who God created you to be. Don't let darkness and evil stop you from doing what God. Has created you to do. We've all done, children of God. We're not going to be here all day. All right, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, you say, Apostle, what's that? In order to sound like stars, you've got to obey. Now, now let's 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 de- let's let's just deal with that right there. You can't be right. You can't shine like a star for the Lord, and you refuse to obey. Paul said, Paul said the reason why you you shining like stars is because you always obey. Paul said, y'all be doing, y'all, y'all, it's, look, it's some of you saints out there that be then sincerely and diligently trying to do what God say do. That make you shine. Paul says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, watch this, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. First of all, right there, children of God, that is very rare. That is very, you know, because even in when it comes down to things, to the things of God, some of us can have an eye service mentality. Oh, we worship because pastors calling for us to worship. We'll, we'll study because pastors calling for us to study. But Paul said, look, this ain't the kind of saints you are, and this is why I want to encourage some of you all. See, understand something. Apostle Brian can't get you into heaven. 
Pastor can't get you in heaven. Daddy can't get you in heaven. You better, you better, we're talking about working out what? Your salvation. Whether the pastor is there or not, what stop you from coming down and start thanking God, start praising God? You know, I, I never get, you know, um, for years I was a school teacher and coach for years, you know. And I, I saw I, I, the Lord use my students to show me so many things about me, good things, bad things, things I needed to work on, tighten up and straighten up. But I remember uh, 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 certain classes I would have when I first got to the understanding of obedience and how important obedience was to them that were over me. Then God started blessing me with students. When I started working real hard to obey them that, that were over me, God started working with my students and had them working real hard to obey me. But I remember sometime I would get, get to class late. You know, I maybe I had to get called down to the office, and, you know, my door would be locked to my classroom. And sometimes teachers have to be late. They got other matters to attend to. They maybe have a meeting or whatever. And so the students, you know, most times the students would be out in the hallway, keeping noise, joking, pull one another pants down, whatever, doing something stupid, doing something stupid. But I remember, I, you know, I, I'd share with my students, I said, look, you, you know, if I ever be late, Want you in one head, what we used to call one head. In fact, you know, we were out just a few, few weeks ago and met one of my former athletes, and he was talking from 25 years old. He 25 years ago, he's now coaching and doing different things. And he was, he was talking about how he was using that same thing with the the teams that he's coaching, and we just kind of smiled and laughed. But one head meant that the students were standing in a straight line, and and when you look at the front, the only one you can see is the first head. It's something I got from a friend of mine, a military man. He told me about it, and that sounded good, and I incorporated it. In other words, it's more than just a straight line. It's a straight line where when you're looking at it from the front, the only head you can see is the head of the first man. Anybody peeping out around the sideline, see, now we got more than one head. We got us a monster, and what he got to do is give us some push-ups or some sit-ups. Ain't nothing to see but what looking straight ahead. So I would come in late sometime from a, from a meeting or come have to go to the office, the principal come, and I come back and, and all the other students be all running around, jumping around, doing all kind of crazy stuff, waiting for their teacher. But my boys would be standing at attention with one head, and I would just smile at them. And I'd be like, you know, other teachers be like, what in the world? It's, they'd be looking at stuff. My boys wouldn't be talking, wouldn't be playing, wouldn't be doing no joking or nothing. It was just kind of a thing between between us, you know, and sometimes I'd see them, and they wouldn't even see me, and I would just be peeping from somewhere around the corner, just peeping at them and stuff, all the other kids, like, come on, man, come on over here, and, and nah, man, coach, be coming, coach, be coming, and they would be at, at attention in, in one head, and when I would come down, I would just be, just kind of be smiling at them and different things, and I would say something like, uh, so what y'all saying to me is, Coach B, at the end of class, we want 30 minutes to go and shoot some hoops in the gym, and they'd be like, yeah, they celebrate, you know, but kind of a reward for what they had done. You say, Apostle, what does this got to do with the message? Paul says, you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. What I'm saying to you, my, my students, is I, I know you're obeying my presence. That's, you know, because you don't want to get sent out. But now I'm seeing an obedience out of you when I ain't even around. And that's impressive. See, when, you, when your people, when you're going to tell when your people really got something, when they carry on with or without you. They get to the place, 
see where you feel like, oh, pastor ain't around. Whoa, pastor going to pastor going to Africa, pastor going to South Africa. Whoa, we ain't got to be studying. We ain't got to be praising God. Whoa, celebration. See, that let me know you ain't got this thing. You, you really ain't got it. You ain't got it. See, it ain't pastor you're serving. You better get that. You better get that down. You better understand that it ain't pastor you're serving. It ain't daddy you're serving. It ain't apostle you're serving. It's God. It's God. Because, see, if it, 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 until you get to the place where, look, you see the importance of carrying on with God, the importance of carrying on with the word of God, you see, until you get that, you, you're going to miss all kind of blessings in this thing. You're going to miss all. Paul said, look. I'm praising you. Paul said, I'm praising you. And, and that's me praising you. What you think God's going to do for you when he sees that not only are you being, obeying in the apostles' presence, but even much more in the apostles' absence? I remember once I had a basketball team. Yeah, well, and in fact, this same student that we met uh, some weeks ago that was talking about one of the things that one head that, that I used to have the team do, uh, he was one of the, he was on a team that I had, um, and this thing really, really upset me, and, and I thought it was fitting for them to run right out there and get blowed out the next game, beat like they stole something by the eventual state champions. But uh, I coached men's basketball, and I also coached women's track. And because my God had blessed my teams with success, you know, sometimes the men's basketball team would be playing in playoffs, the sectionals and the regionals, and that would overlap into my girls' track team. And I had, you know, God had blessed me with very good girls' track teams. I was looking on the Internet the other day. Some of the records they set still still sitting, still sitting, you know, uh, back in the early 90s. But I remember once I had a track meet that ran a little late. You know, my practice for men's basketball was at like 7 p.m., and the track meet ran late, and I think I got back around 7.20, 7.30. And what I expected to see, because we were going on to play uh, who ended the eventual state champion, the first round of the regionals over at ECU, night before uh, we were going to play them the next night. And so we really needed a good practice because them guys that we were going up against, they hadn't lost. They were like 30, 28, and old. You know, these guys were, I mean, guards out there, six foot six, six foot seven. Centers out there, six nine. They had not lost, and nobody had not even been close. And because I was late, I just knew when I was coming back on the on the, the school bus, I was like, I know my boys in there. You know, they going. They done got the preliminaries out of the way. We're gonna have a good practice. They ready. Well, somehow, you know, they felt like Coach B is not here. We not gonna have no practice tonight. And I got back, and I was I was very very shocked. Now my team, you know, we. You know, we had won about 12, 13 games straight and we had a real good record and we're doing different things. But I was like, what? It, you know, it, it, to me, that was an indication that said to me that this, this, this crew here really ain't got it. As well as they're doing, as far as they're going, as many people as supporting them and are following them, these cats ain't got it. What they should have been doing. I feel like if it would have been me as a young athlete, we'd have been in there. We'd have, the leadership, because I was like, what are the captains? What, what are my captains? And, in fact, this young man was one of, one of my captains that we met the other day. I'm like, how come my captains? How, how this? Y'all should have, you know what we do. We've been doing the same thing for, for four months. 
We do. You know what we do on Monday night. You know what we do before a game. You know how how do I come in and y'all gone? Y'all done escape. Y'all done run a mutiny, a mass mutiny. I didn't even say nothing. I didn't even say nothing. I was just as upset with a group of of athletes as I had ever been. Because they thought they were, they thought they were being slick. Yeah, we got you, Coach B. We know that you know you can't get us. Cause see, if I if I'd have had another game, oh man, I'd have run them and run them good. You'd have been some throwing up. I'd have had some calls from some parents. Why did you do my son like this? Cause that joker slipped out of practice. That's why. But I couldn't get him because it was the last game of the season. You know, it, it, it could have been the last game. We didn't have enough. So the next night we had to go down to uh, the regional, regional. Semifinals, play against the number one team in the state, and got beat like we stole something out of the church collection plate. Boys beat us by about 30. Guards out there bigger than me were pressing and trapping and taking. I had little bitty guards on this team, 5'9", 5'10". Them big guards was trapping them and taking the ball and running down, dunking them, embarrassing them. There was a part of me that was like, good, even though I didn't want to lose, cause I, you know, but there was a part of me that was like, good for you. That's what sorry jokers do. That's what they get. Going to run a mutiny. That's what I remember it as. It's a mutiny. Ah, coach, you can't get us. You can't run us tomorrow because if we lose, we don't have no practice. You know, only way, and if we win, we got to play the next night, and you can't, you can't get us. See, then that's the wrong attitude. Paul said, look, God is looking for some people that's not only obeying in the presence of the leadership. God is looking for some people that's going to obey much more even out of the presence of the leadership. That's when you, that's when you really got this thing. We got some saints and, you know, some of you all out there that are faithful contributors. Whether I'm in the country or whether I'm out of the country, there are some of you all that you know who you are, I ain't got to give no names, that can be counted on. And see, that's why, that's, I already know, that's, that's one of the reasons God said, look, the same, Robert, God said, Robert, tell them, the same way they can be counted on to be a blessing to the ministry, they can, God said, they can count on me to continue blessing them. The same way that you can be counted on is the same way you're going to see a faithfulness out of God with what he has set your hands to do. But then there's some individuals at the end, and out, they some timing, and then and then that that's be the same ones that wonder why the blessings of God be some timing. In, in your life, God got to let you reap what you have sown. God wants to count, be able to count on us. God said, Robert, I want to be able to count on you that at the times you say you're gonna be preaching and teaching my word to my people. Oh man, children of God, some of you all don't even know the attacks I be getting, adversary, just to keep me away from preaching and teaching God's word at the appointed time. Oh man. I wake up in the middle of the night, 1, 2 o'clock at night, can't go to sleep. Then all of a sudden, just about time for broadcast, get so sleepy almost, and fall asleep and be like, can he hardly wake up? Then look over at the clock and it just be a few little minutes before time to, time to, to, to preach and, and be so tired and so worn. I'd be like, what is this? And it's an attack. It's an attack. The adversary won't keep you from doing what I want you to do. God said, Robert, look, you need to understand something. Keep in mind, every child of God on the sound of my voice, the adversary wants to keep you from doing whatever it is God wants you to do. If he didn't, he wouldn't be the adversary. Just keep that in mind. Just, just, just keep that in mind. Now, the, hard, the more committed you become to 
doing what it is God wants you to do, the stronger the adversary is going to work to what? Keep you from doing it. Oh, man. If we had worship at 2 o'clock in the, in the, in the, two o'clock in the morning, oh, man, wouldn't be no problem because I'd be wide awake. Well, once once we started having it at 2 o'clock in the morning, then the adversary would be like, sleep, sleep on, sleep on throughout the night. He's going to, whatever it is. So so understand, some of you, those same ones of you all out there that I'm praising for being faithful contributors and faithful workers, you need to understand that the more you, you do that, the more the adversary is going to attack you to try and stop you from doing that. Just keep that in mind. He's going to launch some attacks on your job. He's going to launch some attacks to your finances. Whatever you're doing, you faithful givers out there, get ready for the adversary to attack you on giving. You faithful prayers out there that's praying for the ministry, get ready. The adversary is going to attack you, try to get you so you can't pray, so you can't give, so you can't. Whatever it is that you've been doing faithfully for God, prepare to be attacked in that. Prepare. Come on now. If, 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 we, if, if you if, – if, um, you you coaching against a team that likes to to shoot threes. In, in you the opponent, and that's what Satan is. He's our opponent. He's absent. You would be crazy if I'm coaching against a team that likes to shoot threes. It would be crazy for me not to try and attack their three point shooting. What am I going to tell my team? Look, push up on your man. Stay close to your man. No help defense. Stay up close on him. Why? Because that's what they like doing. That's what's bringing them success. Well, the adversary know what kind of success is coming to our lives, to our ministries, to our families, to our marriages, to our, but through the word. Adversary say, I got the, if I don't, adversary say, look, if I don't launch an attack against that, adversary say, I'm not the adversary. If the adversary say, if I don't launch an attack against what is, is helping bring you success as a, as a child of God, adversary say, then what I am is a friend. Adversary say, I ain't your friend. I ain't your friend. Your mama might be your friend. Adversary say, I ain't your friend. So we got to understand what he's saying even without saying it. Because the adversary ain't going to say that because he's a liar and the father of all lies. But you got to understand that, that God can show you the truth about the adversary even if the adversary don't tell you. He, God said he must attack what I want you to do, brother. If he didn't, he wouldn't be the adversary. So let's get us in the habit of continuing to obey, not only in the apostle's presence, but in his absence. This is the word now. So now y'all know this. Y'all know this. Y'all come up with something crazy or be something crazy. going to be on you now. Continue to work out your salvation. Because what Paul's saying, look, Paul's saying whether I'm with you or whether I'm not, you still got a soul to be saved. You do understand that. Continue to work out your salvation. Paul said, look, it's your salvation, not mine. I would hate very well for you all, any of you all, under the sound of my voice, saints that are here, saints that are out there listening, to end up in hell. I would hate that. Me to end up, let's say I end up in heaven and all y'all had to be sent to hell. I would hate that very, very much right now. We'd hate it for long. Because once I hit heaven, God's going to give me a new memory. I ain't even going to remember you, Joseph. I ain't going to remember. Jokers. 
if you end up in hell, that you ultimately you was a joker. That means something about this thing, the, the main thing of this thing, you never, you didn't really get. You was a joker. I call you a joker. End up in hell. Your mom ended up in hell. She was a joker. How about that? Your daddy out there, he ended, your daddy ended up in hell. It's because he was a joker. Come on, saints. Let's finish this up. Work out. <laughs> your son, <laughs> your son ended up in hell. Your pastor ended up in hell. He was a joker. You, you were running with a joker. Used to be a show out about 30 years ago. Remember the Joker's Wild? It was called the Joker's Wild. Sometimes they think they and then the Joker would come up. People would be like, wah, wah, wah. He was a Joker. You got a Joker. So let's continue. You pray. You get this thing now? Peter pleaded with the people. Go, go to the book of Acts. Peter was pleading with people. Peter was like, look, now, don't, don't mess around out here and end up in hell now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let's go to Acts. Look at Acts 2 and 40. Look at Acts 2 and 40. Somebody read. Come on, son. Y'all ought to be there. That's taking so long. All right there. With many other words, the apostle Peter, what? Warned them and, and he warned and he pleaded. People were like, please don't mess around and let the adversary fool you and go to hell. With many other words. Some of you all, Apostle, why are you preaching like this huh? so much every single day? Every time we turn around, you preaching because I'm clear and I, I want it to be on record that when I stand before God, Lord, I, I preach to the point, Lord, I preach to your people to the point where I thought I had throat cancer. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that time I thought I had throat cancer? <laughs> With many other words. With many other words, many words, we got close to 3,000 sermons on TalkShoe. And them just the ones that we've been doing since about 2008. We've been doing, we've been, that's 2008. We've been doing everyday worship since 2000. So with many words, I want to be like Peter. With many other words, he warned them. With many words, I want to be on record, Lord. With me, I was warning them. Robert Brown, I want to stand before God. God be like, Robert Brown, what did you do? You knew about hell. You knew hell was real. You knew I was going to be sending people to hell. What did you do? I'm like, Lord. Lord, get one of the things saying, hit the tape, Lord. With, hit, hit, uh, tell, have you got uh, talk shoe up here? Have you got the internet? Many words I was warning your people. Many words I was pleading with them every single day. More. So I'd be like, all right, all right, I can work with you then. All right. You better have done something. You would be in danger too. With many, many, look at many words. Peter won't just talk in a little bit. Peter won't just talk a little bit. Many words, many other words. He warned them. He pleaded with them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. I'm saying the same thing 2,000 years later. Why would Peter like this? Because he had a revelation. When you see people that just, 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 just going, going real, 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 real hard and strong and crazy for God, God done showed them something. You mess around, you mess around and, uh, you know, um, Ted the Entertainer said it. Real, real well. Talking about uh, how black folk, if you run in, we together, I'm running too. You remember what he said? Well, see, you, you think about this here. Uh, normally, you see a cat, you ride on a cat, just running. I mean, wide open, sweating, knocking over stuff, jumping over stuff, falling on, getting up, scraping, scrap. Normally, folk don't just run like that for nothing. He done either seen something. He done seen something. 
he, even if he done something, he done seen something, which is the possibility of getting caught. You see a cat, I mean, just breakneck running, getting hit, knocked down, fall, trip, still scraping, scrapping. He done seen something. He done seen something. Now, you might look at him and say, oh, man, why? You know, you might not know what he done seen. But if he is going that hard, that wide open, that crazy, something done happened. Something. Because people don't just, they don't just run like that for nothing. Well, so it is in ministry. They just be running real, real hard, real, real crazy for the thing. They done seen something. And laughing or, or picking at them for why they running so hard, it might be wise for you to find out what is it you done seen. What is it you done experienced? What is it that make the apostle Paul come up from off the grind, get prayed for, scales come off his eye, something like scales come off his eye, then start preaching right crazy to the point where he get beat with rods, still go back to preaching. Get beat with whips, 39 lashes, because the Jews considered 40 lashes inhumane. So they give you 39 lashes with a whip that would rip open your back with bits of bone and metal tied into what would make him go to a city and get stoned to death? The saints come lay hands on him, wake him up in the name of Jesus, and he go right back into the city and start preaching again. What would make him keep right? What is why? Why he keep? Because he doesn't see something. He doesn't see something. See, if you ain't going, see, you might not be going real crazy at the thing because you ain't seen a thing. When you see a thing, there's some things. Right now, you might have messed around and let a, a, a lion run in here. Some of us be diving out wonders. Some of us be broke out of things. Some of us be, some of us be, the, the, well, that's because we don't change something. Now, normally if a line don't come in here, or normally if we ain't seen nothing like that, we ain't running like that. We ain't behaving like that. You say, Apostle, what you're trying to There's some folk in this thing called Christianity that done seen some stuff that you ain't seen. That's why they doing like that. You children out there that got parents that's on fire for God, you be wondering, why in the world is daddy like this? Why is mommy behaving like, why is she, they done seen something that you ain't seen? I remember once, I was about 12, 13 years old, in church, I used to come out of the holiness church, holiness Pentecostal church. And uh, I wasn't nowhere near saved at that time. And, and remember, you know, just about every Sunday the saints would break out into some serious praise and worship. We had one brother that would hop around on one foot. And I remember the look on his face. It was the funniest thing to me. It was funny. You know, but I remember as a young young man, I was sitting there with my mother one time, and the saints had broke out music, were playing, everybody was dancing and running around. And I would ask my mother, I was like, what is this now? What kind of stuff is this? And she looked at me. She never broke stride. And she said, just keep on living. Just keep on living. In other words, you'll understand, you'll understand. One of the saints, by and by. And now look at me. <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> the same one that didn't understand. Just like Paul. He was the one. The only thing the saints knew is the one that had formerly persecuted the church is now preaching Christ. Tell me God won't make a change in your life. Well, you might ain't got it right now. You might wonder why daddy acting like he's doing, why mommy acting like she's doing, why why pastor keep right on, why pastor, you might, you might keep on living, Esau, Jacob, <laughs> keep on living. 
Now, here it is now. I'm going harder than any of them because we won't even worship in every day. So, so, so keep on living now. Just keep on living. That's all I'm. That's all the same thing my mother said to me. Just keep on living. See, some things you just ain't lived long enough yet to, to see and understand. Come on, saints. We got to close this now because this is this is really turning into something. Just, just keep keep on with many other words. Peter warned them, pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message. See, that's what I, that's, you wonder what I'm in it for? Accept the message. Because the message really ain't mine. The message really won't Peter's. The message is the Lord's. Well, you say, Apostle, what do you want out of me? I've been watching you now for years. What do you want? Won't you say, if you're not saved? Well, I'm saved. What do you want now? I want you closer to God. Keep moving closer to God. Keep moving closer to God. Because as we move closer to God, we're moving closer to our blessings. Come on, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about some of y'all. Some of you I do because you're getting this thing and you've you, you gotten this thing and you you seeing. you seeing. You seeing. Some of y'all, I'll be like, Lord, why in the world? God be like, Robert, it was a time you didn't get it. I'll be like, all right, okay. That's right. Lord knows that's right. Because you're talking about a joker that didn't get this thing. <laughs> Robert Bryant. And God said, I was patient with you, Robert. So now you got to be patient with them. I'll be like, man, okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Work out your salvation, child of God. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Watch this. Look at verse 13. We might have to close out on this. I don't know what the Lord is going to say. For it is God who works in you. Watch this now. And keep this in mind. The Lord is dealing with me on this, and he ain't even told me yet, so I'm just stretching out by faith waiting for him to tell me. God says it's me that's in you that's working out of you. All right? Look at this now. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So God is working inside of you to bring about his purpose. God's got a purpose for you. He got, and, but God's got to work in us to bring about that purpose. You've got to let God work in you so that God can bring about his purpose for you. God is working in you because he wants to do a lot of stuff for you. All right, the saints are calling in from, from different countries now. All right, we can ready, ready to close. All right, God is working in you. All right, one of the saints here um, from England, dear apostle, God bless you for the word. I would like to request a prayer that the Lord open doors for me for employment here in England. All right, praise God. Father, in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, we bless your name today. We thank you, Father, for being faithful for being faithful here in the United States, being faithful in Europe, being faithful in Africa, being faithful in Australia, being faithful in South America, Antarctica, being faithful, Father, in the four corners of the earth. We pray right now. We don't know whether it's a brother or a sister that is making this request, but we are praying right now, Father, that you will touch the hearts of the employers there in the U.K., that doors will be open for this, your child, that they 
will have gainful employment, that you will bring them into not only a job but an occupation. Bring them into their divine occupation, that which you desire and have, have decreed that their hands are to do. You told us in your word, Father, that it is a gift from you to enjoy our work. Not only just give them a job, Father. We're asking that the job that will bring joy, that they will enjoy, that, that the gift from you, that it will manifest in their life not many days hence, Father, that we will receive a praise report from them, uh, glorifying you, giving you the honor and the praise that you deserve for the miracle that you have worked. We trust, Father, that you are going to do this in Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, brother or sister. Uh, we trust that God is going to do something real, real good for you and very, very soon. This is a great salvation. This is a great salvation. Now, one of the things that God is, 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 is sharing in my spirit now is an encouragement to you to remain faithful, to remain steadfast and unmovable. And God says, tell them. I don't, I don't know whether it's a, a, a man or woman. I, um, I don't know. Uh, but make sure you give God likes. Just make sure. I'm a living witness. You give God what he likes, and he will give you what you like. I, I'm, I, children of God, some of you all out there understand my voice, I cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. Now, God gives us his word so that we can find out what he likes. Man, look, 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 look. Oh, 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 watch this now, watch this now, watch what I... Jacob messed around and got Esau's blessing because he gave the father what he liked. We're talking about, we, we, we're talking human terms now. Jacob messed around and got Esau's blessing because he gave the father what he liked. All right, brothers Francis, the Lord, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you, River. Give God what he likes now. Give God what he likes. See, see, God's a look. God said, Robert, you, you need to understand this. And then God said, God said, a lot of them out there that are listening to this broadcast, they are not happy. A lot of them, a lot of them, lot of them are not happy with their jobs, not happy with their marriages, not happy with their finances, not happy with their homes. God says, Robert, you got to tell them, and you, you got to emphasize this to them, because I'm not happy with a lot of them. Because if God says, if you don't give me what I like, I'm going to make sure. God said, you, you do understand that I'm the creator of all things. I got everything at my disposal. I tell Satan what to do when he do it. I tell demons where to go, and they go. God said, I got everything at my disposal. If my creation does not give me what I like, I'm going to make sure that they get what they don't like. I don't know where you at under the sound of my voice, child of God, or unsaved, whoever you may be, but I'm encouraging you. Give God what he like now. Just decide that, look, now, giving God, watch this now. God said, Robert, they need to understand that giving me what I like is more important than them getting what they like. 
Because God said, what I'll do, if you don't give me what I like, I'll even take what you like and make it a curse. Give God what he like, and God will make sure. God, God said, I will make sure that I will give you. Well, God said, give it to him out of the scripture, Robert. So that if you delight yourself in the Lord, he, not Apostle Brian, not the other, he will give you the desires of your heart. Saints, we're going to have to close in because we got calls coming in from all kinds of different countries now. Uh, praise the living God. Amen, amen. All right, well, work out your salvation, children of God. Let us work out our salvation. It's a great salvation with fear and trembling. Look at verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Everything. Keep that in mind, children of God. Complaining and arguing is a sin. Here the Spirit has told us do everything. No complaints. No arguments. I remember preaching this down in Kampala, Uganda. Um, one of the ministers that they had me stay with her, her and her family, one of the ministers at the church. Um, and of all the messages that I shared with them the time I was there, I remember that she used to constantly come back to me. She said, Apostle, one thing that I have got is Philippians 2 and 14. No argument. No complaint. And we would just laugh. I said, woman of God, you got it. She said, Apostle, I got that one. No argument and no complaint. Do everything. Because, see, you know, sometimes, you know, even ministers, you know, pastor asks them to do something. They want to complain. They want to. Uh -uh. She said, Apostle, I got that. I said, well, we give glory to God. It's a big deal to be saved, children of God. Your salvation is a great and precious entity. Entity. Christian, the, 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 the spirit of God is an entity. He is God inside of you, inside of me, working in us to bring great things out of us and to do great things for us. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you, Father, for your wisdom, your knowledge. We thank you, Father, for your people in the four corners of the earth who are being blessed by your word, your will, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. We pray, Father, that you forgive all of us for, at times, giving you that which you don't like. And we ask, Father, that you uh, continue to be patient with us and continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Uh, we trust, Father, that as uh, we hearken unto your voice and to your word and to your spirit that uh, we're going to get better and we're going to do better. Uh, we appreciate you so much, Father, for being so good to us, for protecting us from dangers seen and unseen, for watching over us and leading and guiding us in your path of righteousness. You are truly an awesome Father, truly an awesome creator. Have mercy on us, Father, as uh, we have mercy on one another. And Father, as you do these things for us, we will continue to give your name the glory, the honor, the praise. This is our prayer in Jesus' mighty and glorious name we pray. Amen and amen. Father, if there are any sick, 
among us. You've told us in your word that they should call for the elders of the church and that the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well. We are praying as well for uh, a friend of Brother, Brother Francis that has the uh, illness of diabetes. Father, we know that diabetes can be cured by you. Just as Jesus healed those with all manner of diseases, all manner of infirmity, but you are still miracle-working God. You are still able to heal the sick. You are still able to raise the dead. And, Father, we're asking that you will do this for us in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that your name may continue to be glorified, exalted, and praised. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Three questions, saints. I see hands up there. What do we got? What will happen to us? Well done, young man. What will happen to us if we do more of what God tells us or more of what God likes? Question two, who's got one? What, what, explain how we are to be like stars. Explain how we are to be like stars. as children of God. And question number three, somebody. Even some of the saints that are, that are out there with us, if you would send in a question, uh, we try to answer, uh, answer questions. Uh, all right, ultimately, what is, what is it God is trying to do in us as his children? Ultimately, what is he trying to do? Amen and amen. Children of God, remember that this is the first day of the week. Uh, those of you that, you know, consider Christian Center your your church home, uh, this is time for us to make our financial, meet our financial obligations and our financial contributions. In keeping with 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, on the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. Saving it up, Paul says, so that when I arrive, no collections will have to be made. Now is the time uh, we encourage you to, I'm not going to tell you what to give, and I'm not going to be pressurizing you, but keep in mind that God loves a cheerful giver, and that he who sows abundantly will also reap abundantly, but he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Each one should give what he is Decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the Lord willing, uh, this week I will be traveling to uh, South Africa, Pretoria, Cape Town, Johannesburg uh, for some very powerful programs. Um, we would we desire your your prayers and your support to help make this missionary trip a success. In Jesus' name, we pray. Since you can reach us through email at the Christmas Our Church at gmail.com. Check our website at www.ourchurch.com backslash member backslash backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 and 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christmas Our Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. 
Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you in heaven, small you in Jesus' name, amen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.